0: One, well, welcome back to another amazing episode of the Well Rounded Podcast. I'm your host Justin Hill, joined by me, um, Mr. Fantastic Daniel Reynolds. How we doing, my good sir? Yes, sir. I'm doing uh,
1: doing well, my man. Very blessed. Uh, i excited to talk some basketball. It's been a minute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially as we come into one of the more intricate. Uh, times of the nba not just because it is playoffs but uh, we do have what's this uh, so-called play-in tournament Um, we've seen little touches of it last year before the bubble uh, and with the fact that we had to miss a couple of games this season in the regular season um, adam silver decided to come out with this bubble situation so i want to just get right into it get your thoughts on it Um, you broke it down to me earlier but i I want you to reiterate and kind of break down for folks who aren't sure about what the play-in means how it works Uh, just give us your insights
1: well, it's an opportunity for uh, anybody or any teams that are in the seventh or eighth seed, along with the ninth and tenth seed, uh, to have a chance to still make it. Um, it kind of makes it a little more competitive at the end of the year. I actually like the idea. Um, so, the better seed you have when you go into this little mini tournament, um, the less games you have to win. So, for example, the Lakers were the seventh seed. All they had to do was win this game against the Warriors, and then their playoff spot's guaranteed uh same for the war uh warriors had they won they would have been guaranteed a spot and then uh the lakers would have played for the next spot so uh, 9 and 10 you got to win at least uh at least two games to get there uh into the playoffs and then for example the warriors they are in the ac they have to lose two games so they can still win against the Grizzlies mm-hmm. and solidify the ac uh and and that situation so uh, i like the idea It keeps it competitive um uh, a lot less tanking if you will because once you before you know if you're in the nine spot and you're down by three games and there's you know a certain amount of games left and you're like man i don't think we're going to get there you might just try to lose all the rest of them and get the more lottery ball so um nine and ten no matter what their records are get a chance to play in and i think that's pretty cool
0: yeah it definitely gives a different aspect to the end of the season like you had mentioned if you know a team is looking at the, the lay of the land and they're like all right well we don't mathematically have a way to get in regardless uh let's just play our our you know our bench or potentially not have as much of a competitive uh style of game and it kind of combats that tanking aspect that we it's like this um this mystery this allure or this uh how do I best describe this? I don't even know how to describe what tanking is because it's not like a real thing. It's not tangible. A conspiracy theory, if you will, that's the best way I can describe it. It's it's a sports con- conspiracy theory uh, that goes on with multitude of different sports, not just the NBA. So, uh, I personally, I'm not a huge fan of it, um, but I also think that this is just predicated to the fact that we really don't like change uh you know we have a routine of things that we like humans naturally we just don't really enjoy change as much it takes a little bit of time to even enjoy a positive change so i think this is going to take a little bit more time for myself to play out uh, in fruition and i think it would have been really interesting obviously i don't i don't imagine anyone would believe that this is going to be a true scenario but if the lakers were to lose out and then be ousted from the playoffs, I think we would have a huge problem with this play-in. Uh, there would be a lot of upset fans. Um, I don't think Adam Silver would be able to afford having uh, the play-in tournament next year or you know, continue on moving forward as he imagines the NBA will be. So that would have been interesting. Obviously, I don't necessarily wish that one team were to lose versus the other, but could you imagine a, a world where the Lakers were to lose out and then the Lakers are therefore not in the playoffs because of two games at the end of the season? I I think it would be in complete disarray and the NBA, unfortunately would probably lose a lot of money in viewership.
1: Yeah. Well, they already are hurting, but, uh, yeah, um, I agree. The Lakers have making the playoffs would be detrimental to the, uh, the viewership of the the Lakers have over the Pro- playing tournament specifically as well. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, if they lost that, that would just be pathetic. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> being a Celtics fan, I, I could laugh at that, but it's all good. Uh, they didn't lose. They won. So, uh, you know, props to them, but, uh, I like it. I mean, like I said, it keeps it competitive. Uh, You know, it's just not necessarily a bad thing to change it. And, you know, just like the NFL added a a 17th game. Well, they also took away one preseason where a lot of people were saying, let's, why are we playing preseason games? So, uh, you know, in that sense, it made it better for the season. It's more competitive. So that's what I like. That's what I like about it, competitiveness all, all the
0: time. Yeah, absolutely. It puts a parameter of more of a competitive um, sport at the end of the season. we were here
1: to compete, right? It, exactly,
0: it. exactly. And I, I appreciate Adam Silver's uh, ingenuity and his creative um, ideas that he's pushed forward being the commissioner of the NBA. I think there's a lot of people. He's more uh, player friendly as well. So I, I do enjoy what Adam Silver is doing. Um I just think... For me, the reason why I don't like the plan, and it's not so much the plan itself, I think it's a domino effect for me, is you implement this one rule, then it starts to, okay, well, people seem to like this, maybe we can start doing some more adjustments down the road. And then you start adding kind of funky rules into the game, like they had the idea of the the four-point shot, you know, things of that nature, it's just... I don't know I, I'm not I don't love it then again obviously if we never would have had change in the first place we wouldn't have the three-point shot and the you know the court wouldn't have been as big as it is so I don't think they're
1: going to do a four point play that would be a little ridiculous
0: well and those are just some of the ideas that I think about when you take into consideration a new uh implementation of a rule or a scenario yeah, if you will this
1: term is just just because uh, you know the NBA has always been considered you know of the of the major sports the third the third at best popular, you know, it's football hands down. Number one, and baseball has been there. NBA is trying to get that second spot. And I think it's had times where it has, but you know, a lot of people don't like the fact that teams tank, you know, I mean, look at the Orlando magic. They literally traded all their good players. And so they became the worst team in the NBA, you know, like the owners just trying to it's just you know, basketball teams. They just more often do that. So from that standpoint, I think the fans should like it, man. Those games were exciting the
0: last two nights, weren't they? yeah there were um the, there were some that were more of a blowout and we're, we can actually just this is a perfect segue to get right into yeah, it to break down go. some of the games that we had seen uh, we'll start off with the first game it was the hornets versus the pacers a really high scoring game too as well this is a game that i looked at as i uh, imagined this game was going to be a lot more competitive than it was so you, you look carousel vert was out for the game obviously the pacers are already without tj warren too as well so um they did get malcolm brogdon back in the rotation which clearly helped him out he hasn't played a game i want to say since yeah since the 29th so uh, i imagined it was going to be a lot more competitive game uh, you look at the the score 117 and 144 it was just an absolute beating from the first quarter uh, they were up by i think 12 at the end of the first if not if i'm not mistaken 12 or 14 around there uh, but most of the game they were down by around 30 points and I think the backstory or the storyline, essentially, for that particular reason, it heavily has to do with, believe it or not, I know I'm going to get a lot of uh, flack for this one, but Bismack Bionbo, and he played three minutes, he got hurt in the beginning of the game. And it really segued uh, DeMontis Sabonis to really kind of just implement his game plan and take over the game. Um, he, you know, he posted a pretty dominant stat line, 14 points, 9 assists, 21 boards, so... Uh, He was a little unstoppable, and also, too, their role players are fantastic. We talked about a couple of shows ago, um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I have to go look back at it, but I almost want to say that the Pacers were my dark horse team uh, for the East, barring, obviously, health concerns, but just due to the fact that they're a very deep team, their role players are very, very good. They're great veteran role-playing players, too, as well. Some younger guys, but um, all around, it was just an absolute beating that the Pacers handed out to a, a younger Hornets team.
1: Yeah, they, they beat him up pretty good. I was a little disappointed. I thought LaMelo uh, would have had a better performance. I don't think it was too big for him. I just don't think he played very well. That's okay. That happens, you know. So uh, I, I think uh, I really like the uh, the Hornets, you know, having a chance to compete for a spot next year. I like some of their young players. But the, the Pacers, you're right, man. They're just a, a way more complete team right now. Uh, having the veteran depth. Um. Uh, they got some. They got some playmakers uh, at the guard positions and some scores. So uh, Sabonis is, has been dominating really the last two seasons. So uh, they're, they're a tough team. They probably shouldn't be as low as they are in this matchup, but they are the seventh seed. They're probably, you know, I'd say c- could compete for being a top five team. Obviously, the season plays out
0: differently for everyone, but uh,
1: Pacers are definitely a more deep team.
0: Yeah, like I mentioned, especially when healthy. Um, but we had talked about as well before on on past shows that when it comes to playoff times, um, I, I think we can both agree on this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. But role players are the most essential players in uh, the playoffs, in my personal opinion. I've seen. You know, you you have those games or those series, even when certain players, role players take over, Uh, most notably for this particular game. I really love what Doug McDermott did in the first quarter. He put up 16 of his 23 in the first quarter. And then you have a guy like O'Shea Brissett, who just came out of nowhere and filled in for TJ Warren at that small forward position. And uh, he got 23 really important points. So um, like I mentioned, role players really, really key, intricate when it comes to uh, success in a, a series specifically, more than just one game. Um, but this really showed it to you in this individual game, how important great role players, especially veteran role players are. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the next game that we had, uh, was the wizards and the Celtics. This was another one that I was really, really excited for. Granted, the Celtics didn't have Jalen Brown, uh, clearly that hurt them, um, for the most part, when it comes to them being more of a <laughs> them being more of a, a two guy fiddle, when it comes to Kemba and uh, Jason Tatum, can't forget he did uh, put up a, a whopping fifty points. They almost put up eighty he points heard between heard him bro. and Kemba alone. So, you being hey. this, you being the Celtics fan, how did you see um, you know the Celtics in this game in particular? The Wizards are definitely no walk in the park, uh, hugely predicated on the fact that. Russ and Beal only shot 16-43 of from the field, only 37%. That's not usually a good winning formula. Uh, But specifically from the Celtics' point of view, how do you see the Celtics moving forward, especially as they go on to play the Nets? Um, What what maybe adjustments would you like to see, and what were you impressed by with the Celtics in this this past game? Well, first of all, I'm going to just say this whole season has been a major disappointment. Uh, This team's got way more talent than they're
1: showing on the court right now, and I don't know what the deal is. Uh, I, I actually like Brad Stevens as a coach. I feel like the players do. Uh, they shouldn't even be in this playoff, this playing game. So this is, this is disappointing from that standpoint. Uh, I love Jason Tatum. Man, dropping a fifty piece on him. He's he's now got the second most 50, 50 point games in Boston Celtics history. And he's you know twenty two years old. So
0: <laughs> this is, this that's an amazing be- stat line. You think about with all the greats that they've ever oh, had. Oh man, he's got well. some
1: of the greatest ever. So um, he's going to go down as an all time great. I can feel it. Uh, not having Jalen Brown hurts. And honestly, I was a little worried about this matchup with the wizards. Uh, bill did not, did not look healthy. And you could tell, I think a healthy Bradley bill and the wizards probably without, without Jalen Brown, they, they would have beat the Celtics. Um, uh, but Kim, uh, Kimba Walker played great, which is nice to see. Um, uh, every finally starting to come around a little bit. He didn't shoot very well, but he's just getting his rhythm and fitting in better. I think he had six rebounds and forced, uh, assists. Um, with eight points you know so uh, he he's he's picking his spots but he's a good player to have great six man especially with uh with Jan Brown out but in terms of moving forward I don't I, I don't see them winning more than two games against the nets so um I, I would have much rather them I think that they could have could have gained Philly a much tougher series Boston historically in the last five five years or so has his own Philly in the playoffs right um and so I wanted to see that matchup which would have meant they would have had to have lost I'm not cheering for that, but uh, you know, I don't. I don't see. That. It looks like the Nets are starting to click and have fun together. Um, you know, James Harden's talking about winning and kind of the comments he's saying. You could tell he wants to win. You know, Kyrie he has been there. KD has been there. Uh, the role players they got. I, I think it's just going to be too much. Uh, at, at best, I could see them, um, you know, getting a game or two. But uh, you know, I'm happy that they won. Uh, overall, just disappointed that we're even in this
0: situation. Yeah. And there's really two big takeaways. I look at it from the wizard side of the ball. And um, this goes to show what the opposite is. If you don't have good role players, this is the result of it. When you don't have another guy to rely on that could get buckets or, you know, make plays, be a playmaker. Um, you have your two main guys shooting 16 from 43, you know, forcing up a lot of bad shots. Uh, the two main things that are really um, stuck out to me in our, our reasons or areas of concern when it comes to Scott Brooks, first of all, the coaching perspective Rui Hachimura played 17 minutes. He went four for five, scored eight points. They gave Davis Bertans 33 minutes. He went one for eight and scored four points. I don't really know where... And and then you look on the other side of the ball, Jason Tatum put up 50 points. You know, I don't know. Maybe if he saw something early when Rui... Huh? I said a 50 spot. Yeah, exactly. And it's just... I didn't really understand that from a coaching perspective. Um, I've seen great flashes from Rui Hachimura. He's also a lot more of a solid big body to put in front of Tatum, not to say that he can obviously necessarily lock up or guard Tatum, but he didn't do anything on the court that would make me imagine or, uh, you know, understand why uh, Scott Brooks would only play him 17 minutes. He's been a very intricate piece to their team all year long. Uh, uh, I would say he's arguably been that third fiddle when it comes to uh, scoring as well. So You only give him 17 minutes and you let Jason Tatum put up 50 points and have Davis Bertans guarding him a good amount of the times. I just I didn't really understand that. Um, And the second portion to this, what really stood out to me was the fourth quarter. I went back and watched the game again and you see Russ and Beal deferring to players like Robin Lopez and Davis Bertans often. And they just looked really uncomfortable in the fourth quarter. Uh, they didn't look like they had a great game plan on offense. Obviously, their you know role players weren't helping by missing shots and some bad turnovers in the fourth quarter too as well. But the uncomfortability from two of your star players like that, it just really it was unsettling. If I was a, a Wizards fan or just me being a fan of basketball in general it was real concerning for me um, moving forward. And it's always been a thing I feel like with Russell, no matter what team he's been on, it's just hard when you have such a dominant ball handler like himself to put him with another guy who Bradley Beal is not necessarily a dominant ball handler. He can play off ball pretty well, but Russell often, he looks kind of uncomfortable when having to make decisions in the crunch time. And that's it's just a small observation from over time of watching him play, but specifically in playoff games, it just seems to be a very common theme, unfortunately for Russell
1: yeah i feel like uh at this point kind of i don't want to say the pressure gets to him but you know and basketball especially and i mean i've even fought it when i played basketball Uh, i had to get over that hump as a player and then i love those last minute those last second moments and those you know important kind of plays but you kind of get nervous right i mean especially in in his kind of scenario pro basketball players are in that spotlight man like it goes wrong and then you know, you're going to hear about it forever. So players can't think LeBron had that block. He got over it early in his career, but there were times where, you know, end of the game, jump shots, he was not hitting them. People leave them wide open, elbow jumpers. And so now he's deadly from there. I just think, uh, I don't think Russell has the, the full confidence in himself in those kind of moments, which is why he might defer and kind of look shaky in a situation where you're like, why didn't he just shoot that? Or, you know, there's other games and not crunch time scenarios, but the way he shoots shots, it's like, what are you doing? You know? So yeah, exactly. I, I, just don't, I feel like his shot selection is poor. And then if he doesn't have a rhythm, he gets in those scenarios and uh, he tries to overthink it. Uh, and so, you know, Bradley bill, I can see was hurt, but um, you know, I want to give, give the Wizards some props. So they, they played, they played very well down the stretch and they played like a team that wanted to make the playoffs, even though they were kind of on the outside looking in. So uh, props to them for, for playing hard.
0: Yeah, they definitely deserve their spot to be here. And one thing we had talked about with Russell's game too as well is he only has one speed. It's just all in 100%, um, you know, high flying, cutting really fast, uh, bringing the ball up really fast, driving really quick. And sometimes I think his game would help him a lot more with his explosiveness if he learned to slow down a little bit with the ball in his hand, because then you can kind of catch guys napping, especially in a position of how quick he is to get to the rim and if you got a guy playing up too close and he slacks off for just a moment you get him with one quick hesitation and then you're you're off to the races and that's one thing that sort of unrelated but on that flip side of it with the guy like Luka Doncic who is not athletic at all is not quick at all but his change of pace is very very good Um, if Russell learned to have a better change of pace when he has the ball in his hand, specifically when he's taking it up the court too, as well, I think he would make one, make a lot better decisions with the ball. Obviously look, you look at the assist numbers the numbers are inflated. So, um, I I don't want to take that against him. He's a great passer, obviously. Um, but when it comes to making the right pass at times or the right play at times, Uh, Because of his game speed, that's really something that hinders him a little bit. It almost works as his own kryptonite is one of his greatest strengths. Yep, I agree 100%. Uh, Moving on from the Eastern Conference, we had some obviously really interesting Western Conference games too as well. This is where uh, things got a little bit closer. The Eastern Conference games were more blowouts, if anything. Um, Kicking off with the Spurs and Grizzlies, 96 to 100, the Grizzlies move on. Uh, They kick the Spurs out of the playoffs, and this is... Another situation kind of tying into the Wizards game too as well is the big three of the Spurs, i uh, quote unquote, if you will, Keldon Johnson, Demar and DeJounte, uh, they only shot 14 from 49 <laughs> from field goal. It's just that's unacceptable. Uh you're you know, three of your best players or best scorers, arguably. Um, when they shoot 14 for 49, you're really not going to have a whole lot of success right there. Um, it was it was more of a Grizzlies, maybe even a Spurs-S type game. It was um you know kind of sloppy a little bit at times but you know great defense too as well it, it was a classic matchup as we have seen the spurs and the grizzlies play before many times in the playoffs obviously with different personnel but it reminded me a lot of still what the grizzlies are you know known for their grit and grind attitude and their style of play um and they really dictated the pace of the game and that was really what was the big factor to me in them uh, getting the w and moving on to play the warriors
1: yeah the grizzlies are uh I, I, I kind of like watching watching them play. They, they play with a lot of energy. Oh, yeah. Great young uh, talent. Uh, Dylan Brooks is nice. John ja Moran is super fun to watch. Uh, the Spurs man, they they got some good players. I don't know. I it's just it's not the right combo. And I, honestly, I I saw Popovich on the side. I thought he were already, already retired. I was like, when did he come back? <laughs> honestly, he looks so different too. I'm like, man, this guy's got the full hair
0: now. The great white uh,
1: does not care anymore. Not not about basketball, I just meant like he's just letting himself go. He's ready for retirement, you could tell. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, the Grizzlies, uh, they've been playing tough. And that game against the uh, the Warriors is going to be good because I know Steph Curry played him last week and he was doing some celebrating as he was, uh, you know, banging some late game threes on him. So the Grizzlies are definitely going to come, come ready to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, this really does a lot for a young team's morale. You look at a couple years ago, the Nuggets were kind of in a similar position when they actually played – Um, the Spurs in the first round if I'm not mistaken when they got knocked out and regardless of what happens moving forward with the Grizzlies getting that win and then getting their you know spot solidified for the playoffs uh, is definitely going to do a lot especially for how young their team is like you had mentioned they're really exciting to to watch Uh, to be quite honest with you Desmond Baines one of the best rookies this year very underrated rookie I want to say he's four in the rookie of the year uh, campaign too as well so somebody that doesn't get a lot of credit but out of everyone, even though Valanchunas, Big Val went 23 for 23 in this game, okay? That's definitely, you don't want to understate that whatsoever, but Dylan Brooks was the MVP of this game to me. He put up 24 points on offense, but he held DeMar DeRozan in the second half for to 0 for 8 from field goal. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's been one of the most efficient scorers and playmakers in the entire league from a metric standpoint. Um, that's one thing that's he's really grown into as a great playmaker for his team. And to hold a guy like DeMar DeRozan's caliber, who really, I mean, with his size and his athleticism and uh, obviously his IQ from being in the league so long now, too, as well, can really go and get a bucket on pretty much anybody uh, to see Dylan Brooks hold him to, you know, 0 from 8 from the field is just, it's fantastic. And that's leading forward to onto the Warriors game. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how they kind of play against Steph, too, as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more of Dylan Brooks on Steph Curry in this coming up game on Friday.
1: Yeah, I definitely think uh, we're going to see that um something that uh you know is going to keep steph uh bigger bigger but quicker guy so it's going to kind of try and wear him out hopefully uh in their eyes at least so um that'll be very interesting to see how that plays out
0: yeah and then uh, you look at the lay of the land for the spurs and tamar DeRozan's rosen's a free agent this year upcoming and i don't think there's any way he's going back to the spurs um, they have a tough mountain to climb up they have some good young talent but it's just they they just don't look like foundational pieces I expected a lot more from DeJounte Murray this year Um, I thought he was really going to take a big step forward uh, as the primary point guard for them and unfortunately it just wasn't the case he still struggled scoring the ball too as well and They don't have any great shooters around them. They really severely lack shooting, too. So that's going to be some things to look forward um, for Popovich. You know, like you had talked about, he looks like he's ready for retirement. And the outlook of the future for this team, especially if they lose DeMar DeRozan, it's just it's look like it's rebuild mode for me, to be quite honest with you.
1: Yeah, it already is that now they're not doing anything with the guys they got. So it's time to, you know, keep,
0: you know, Murray, uh, a couple of the other guys and uh, move, move forward. Thank you, everyone, for the patience. We had a little technical difficulties, but we're back. Uh, Breaking down the Warriors and Lakers game, I think we can both agree, and this will be the consensus for most who were excited about the play-in or just looking forward to watching the games, uh, that this was the most exciting game. Uh, Had a lot more on the line, if you will, especially with two of the more marquee teams and marketable teams. Um, The game ended in thrilling fashion. Uh, It was a great game all around. Uh, final score is 100-103 with the Lakers winning on that LeBron uh, game-winning three. I want to start right from that game-winning shot. You look and you break down the play. You have Contavious Caldwell-Pope down in the post, almost losing his footing, Could, could was close to a travel. Uh, it wouldn't have been, though, just because Draymond. In three seconds. Yeah, three seconds or a travel. Yeah, yeah either one. It was really close to yeah. both of them. Um, and, and, and they sucked down on Caldwell-Pope in the paint, to bring two on one to guard him, leaving LeBron wide open. Granted, it was a pretty deep three, but regardless, I'm taking Caldwell Pope on a turnaround contested jumper in the paint all day versus leaving one of the greatest, if not the greatest player of all time open for wide open three.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, That's one of those moments where they just didn't think. I mean, LeBron's option number one, point blank. KCP is option number four. Maybe three, depending on who's in the game, but uh, uh, you know they're not going to call the 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 three seconds. I don't think it was a travel. Um, he pivoted well, but you know he had his foot in the key for three seconds. But they're going to call that in that moment, unfortunately, um, for people who want to see that. But uh, not nah, leaving LeBron wide open. Um, yeah, that's not a, that's not a smart play. And kudos to him for hitting that shot. Uh, he hadn't really played that well at all. Uh, still had a triple double, and I'd say he probably played a C plus game. So it just shows how great he is. Uh, but yeah, you know, leaving LeBron there in that moment—that's just a mental breakdown.
0: A huge mental breakdown. A couple of key points from this game that really stood out to me. Number one, starting with rotations from both sides of the team, specifically with the Warriors, um, or both teams rather. Uh, specifically with the Warriors, though, they only had an eight man rotation this whole game. I-, I thought that they would definitely go a lot deeper into their bench with uh, their bigger players. Um, especially with the fact that you, you look across the court, the Lakers have LeBron, they have AD, they have Andre Drummond. If they wanted to, they can put Gasol out there too as well. And the, the team is huge. They have a really big, even their guards are bigger. I think Caruso's 6'5", Horton Tucker's also 6'4", six, 6'5", six, around there. Um, so you look at the rotations, that's one thing that really stood out to me. And one player in particular I think could have really uh, committed and made a huge difference was Eric Paschal. Obviously, you look at this game as 100-103, so it wasn't like they necessarily did anything wrong. Um, but the Lakers started to dictate the game. They dictated the game by their uh, slowing down of their pace, playing to their style. Uh, they're more of a grit and grind team this year too as well as they don't have a, a lot of great shooters, but they play great defense together and have a lot of great passers on their team. Um, so they slowed down the pace of the ball. They weren't allowing Curry to get on the fast break and uh, really hurt them with those you know pull-up threes as much in the second half. And the Warriors kind of fell apart as it got closer to crunch time. Uh, when they seem to be a little bit more predictable, they let, let go of the lead in the fourth quarter. Um, and l- like you had mentioned, LeBron really just showed out. He, Him and AD both really started slow. Uh, but the bigger takeaway, like I mentioned I mean, for he's me.
1: looking soft, man. Yeah, absolutely. Soft.
0: Soft, absolutely. Soft. And, and, I mean, that could be a, a predication of the lack of games that he's had.
1: Man, he just doesn't got it, bro. He, I mean, he's a great player, probably all-time, all-time top talent to play in the NBA. But in terms of just having that want, you don't have it every night. And you know what? For me, I I just I don't like that. I, I was always somebody that tried to bring it every night no matter what, bro. So when I see something like that, he's not diving on the floor and doing stuff like that, bro. He doesn't want to get hurt. He's playing that way. That just bugs me.
0: Yeah. And I mean, obviously he, he didn't think so either. That's why he left the the Pelican. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was heir apparent him in, and, uh, and that goes to show the difference of mindsets. Like you had mentioned, here's a great example. You put him in comparison with Giannis. Giannis is like, look, I don't want to go training with these guys in the offseason, be buddy-buddy and all this. I want to compete against the best players in the world. I want to play against them, much like Julius Randle did too as well. Granted, it was more of a trade situation, but he had came out and uh, verbally said that too. He was like, look, I don't want to play on LeBron's team. I want to compete against him. I want to compete against the best players in the world. That's what we're here for. And AD, yeah, he's definitely not – I don't want to say he's never been that guy. Maybe he had that that idea his first couple of years. Um, But he he seems to have his nose in the air a little bit, like as if he deserves – uh you know to be in contention for where he's at um individually
1: he is just better than everyone though so that's the thing you know like i mean he there's nobody like him man you know like yeah shoot the rock he posts up he's got defense he he can handle the ball he's got the complete game it's just you know on a night-in-night-out basis he don't want it or maybe he just doesn't think he you know he could turn on what he wants i guess but well yeah. that's
0: kind of what i i believe the mentality probably is because you look at it last year as much in the same token uh even as a laker he still did much of the same things too as well last year in the bubble and everything he you know well i say before the bubble excuse me but when the games weren't important he didn't really play a whole lot he was injured or you know maybe wouldn't play as many minutes he had some games here and there but then once crunch came in and it was uh, you know time to win the game that's when ad definitely turns it on so it, it's it's difficult to say it, it's hard when you have such a talent like lebron on your team and a, a talent with ad and you think about that they have the luxury to not you know turn it on every game it kind of takes away a little bit from the value of uh, you know the entertainment aspect of the nba and wanting to tune in night in and night out as a fan when these guys are more and more air apparent not putting it all in the regular season, but definitely turning up in, you know, playoff times too, as well. Yep. 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 Well, I wanted to get your opinion really quick before we move on to our second segment, speak, you know, rounding back to the, or circling back to this game, rather, uh, what I had mentioned about the eight game eight man rotation, I, I believe Eric pashal would have definitely helped, uh, especially against LeBron in the fourth quarter. And he's he's actually a pretty good spot up shooter for being a bigger guy. And then on the Lakers side, they didn't bring in Horton Tucker at all, which I thought was pretty surprising too as well. And Montrez Harrell obviously is still you know dealing with the lingering remnants of his injury. But um, what, what did you think about the shorter rotations? Did you agree with it? Like I mentioned, I know it was a closer game, but if they're if you were the Warriors, would you potentially would have stretched your uh, lineups a little bit?
1: Well, uh, that's just playoff basketball. Everybody shrinks down to eight. Realistically, Clippers got the Clippers got ten, so we're gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see what two guys, one guy, kind of gets less playing time. But you know, you want your, you want your your best players playing the most. So playoff time, there is no minute restriction. You're you're playing as much as you can. The only time somebody like LeBron, Steph, shit, even Draymond, if it's not for foul trouble, it's to get a quick breath and go back in. So every minute is crucial in the playoffs. So that's why you see, you know, really it's just the best play. Now I would agree. Um, I thought that the Warriors should have played him more. I thought he is one of their top eight players. So, uh, and definitely a guy who can create his own shot, which is something they kind of lack there in the fourth quarter, which is where the Lakers could get back in it. Um, You know, if it came to other guys having to hit spot up shots, those guys aren't, aren't known for that. They're just guys that are on the team trying to believe in what they got going. You know, they're not game changing type backup players the Warriors put on the floor last night. So, um i thought uh i thought he would have been um would have been a nice addition you know especially down down on the stretch late
0: well especially you look at draymond stat line obviously he does what draymond does on the rebound side and assist side and played great defense on ad but the offensive side where they knew he was going to lack he goes over five puts up two points the entire game but he's playing 41 minutes they definitely could have used some more scoring um from their their bench specifically from a bigger guy like Pasha. And i also noticed that in the fourth quarter they were going with what they had obviously but they're putting Toscano Anderson uh, guarding LeBron James and in, in crunch time it's just you know i know Toscano Anderson's really uh, come on as a great defender and all around good uh, you know nba player but i think when he's getting bullied so bad and it's very apparent that you definitely got to bring in a bigger body but i know it doesn't really, it doesn't make sense uh, not playing a guy in the first half of the game and then all of a sudden ingratiating him but i think the warriors could have afforded to go with a nine man rotation at least uh, in this particular situation
1: yeah, you know, the only thing I'd say about that LeBron scenario is, you know, bringing a bigger guy in, who is that guy? Uh, Pascal uh, would have probably done a better job, I, I I think, in my opinion. But, you know, if you're bringing in a bigger guy, that's slowing them down on offense. Part of what they got going right now is speed. So
0: it's really kind of like pick your point. Well, and defense, too. They've played great de- team defense. And they
1: played great defense, yeah. I mean, to be honest, he made it tough on LeBron. And Wiggins was guarding him most of the night. You know, LeBron's always doing these pick and rolls. To get the defender he wants. So it don't matter who starts out on him, if they're going to be switching screens like most teams do, so they can stay in front of these guys. Um LeBron's gonna, LeBron and all these great players, they're gonna they're gonna it, the game has evolved enough to where you're gonna, it's not gonna be like a the center setting a screen for the point guard. You know, now it's like who's the weakest defender guarding? That guy goes set a screen, and then you're gonna get that matchup you want. Um, which is why you saw at the end when when LeBron hit that shot, Steph was closing out on him. Steph should never be guarding LeBron. So you know, like he was the closest guy to it, but uh, that's just kind of how it rolls sometimes. I agree, though. Uh, I would I would like to see Eric pa- Paschal out there. Um, definitely, definitely would have been a, a better player in some of those key moments.
0: Yeah, they just looked to have broken down in the fourth quarter. They became all too predictable. Once, like I mentioned, the Lakers. At
1: the end of the day, you know, my coach always said back in the day, "The cream rises to the top." Right. right. The Lakers are just a way better team. The fact that this was a three-point game is more concerning for me with the Lakers. I don't give a shit they won. He should have won. He shouldn't even be in that situation. Um, you know, when AD was out, they were trash. When LeBron was out and AD, they actually did better than they did with just LeBron playing and not, and not AD, which is weird. So um, I, I don't I don't like how Andre Drummond fits for him uh, moving forward against some of the tougher teams. We'll see how it goes. Last year, I just thought that Dwight Howard was so athletic and moved so much. Um, and same with the other center they got. I forget his name. Do doobie, play for the Warriors. Uh, he's on the Nuggets now. Uh, JaVale. Uh, JaVale McGee.
0: Like those JaVale two. McGee.
1: Yeah, those two, they move though, right? And Mr. Like, Shaqton
0: Aud- to fool himself. <laughs> <laughs> he super is.
1: Andre Drummond though, man, he just kind of clogs everything up. And they made a comment about it last night. And I thought it was actually a very relevant comment. Uh, when Drummond is in there, AD doesn't have the space to post up. And so when he was out, A D started eating. And then he got hot. And then he started making some shots. And so uh moving forward, don't be surprised if you see less Andre Drummond out there for the Lakers.
0: No, I definitely wouldn't. Because you look at it and okay, what are they going to do if AD posts up, Drummond? Is he going to go to the corner and then no one's going to go out there? There's kind of two guys on AD in the pinks. They know Drummond's not pulling up. And it's right. real air apparent from the minutes. He played 17 minutes, had four points and seven boards. That's I would much rather, like you had mentioned, would have had the athleticism of keeping Dwight Howard or, or even JaVale McGee at that aspect. Um somebody who I thought those were two key guys they lost. Right, exactly. And Drummond is definitely clogs up the middle, and that's something he's always been known to do. And that's why I just he's such a underwhelming in NBA player for me when it comes to being a star. He's a great talent individually at the center position, but it's it's not nineties style of basketball anymore. Um, you know, in his style of play, it just hasn't
1: let me ask you this: The Nuggets and the Lakers—they went. Did they go seven games last year or six? They did. They went seven. They went seven, right?
0: I think was so. It six or seven? Was it six? I don't know. I'm i to fact check while you're talking. While you're telling me the yeah, scenario, Nuggets
1: were in it. Um, all I know is it was a series. But I thought the difference was in key moments. to Dwight Howard was able to to get real physical with Jokic and being bigger, stronger, and and able to move more than him. I thought that was huge for them, getting that, that that you know, being able to pull that out in key moments because I thought the Nuggets honestly had a great shot of beating the the Lakers last year. Yeah. Uh, no. They played them tough, man. Jamal Murray, they played well, but there were just key moments for Dwight's athleticism, you know, and he's 35-plus years old, I believe now. And, you know, so for him to to not get re-signed, and I think, and that's what, you know, not to get off topic, but that's what's helped Philadelphia out a lot this year is having a backup center as good as Dwight Howard is, so. Uh, I think it hurt the Lakers. I think last year that kind of made him unbeatable. Uh, Javel McGee, he's got a lot, he has those moments, but he's got a lot better as a, as a pro. Uh, and now he's a cha- multi champion, three time champion, I believe. So he knows what it takes, man. And so I just think some of those key players have hurt the Lakers this year. Some of the key role players, I should say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you look at what the, their style of play has definitely changed, too. They're much more of a slow paced team, a more grit and grind it out. Um, style of play for the team and it works well for them with the personnel that they have obviously but when you man i'll tell you what i'll tell you what how interesting it would have been to see this game if clay thompson was playing i don't think obviously they would have where's would would have won i think so i think (laughs) so i mean they talked about last night like there's plays where how steph
1: moves without the ball i mean that's it's hard to guard him and he's the only option and he's doing that well imagine when there's two guys doing that and you got somebody like draymond passing the ball you know that they went seventy two and ten without KD. So that those three right there, just based on how they play, um, that's just a matchup nightmare for anyone. And, and I'm just judging it based off how the game unfolded last night. It, if you would have plugged in Clay, you know, as normal Clay, it, the Warriors, in my opinion, would have won. So
0: yeah, we were way off too. I don't know how I missed this one. the The Lakers won four to one um I thought one I feel
1: like it was closer than that though I thought it was I got a 6
0: I thought it was a lot closer too I don't, did somebody get injured Yeah I don't know what it was but yeah I don't know why I thought it was a lot closer too as well but uh yeah the, the Lakers were the Lakers
1: huge. beat everybody in 5 games last
0: year <laughs> Yeah they were well it leads you to like they lost every team they played Exactly and it leads you to wonder why change it up uh why switch up the you know formula why let go of Dwight well
1: especially in basketball when it's like you know there is no hard salary cap stop right like Dwight Howard got a little more money well so did Rondo we'll fucking pay those guys right like you pay a luxury tax if you're all about winning bring it back the Warriors I know for a fact when they were in those five straight finals they were paying 35 million plus in luxury tax just to have the roster they had so um
0: well I'm sure LeBron would have easily been okay with giving up a couple million to keep those guys too. <laughs> he hasn't taken a pay cut yet though. He so has not exactly. That it was Man likes his paper. It was more rhetorical, but uh no, it was a great game. Uh, looking forward to now moving on with those games that are coming up tonight. So tonight we have Pacers Wizards for an elimination game, and then Friday uh, we have elimination game for Warriors and Memphis. So a quick hitter on both of those games. Um, the, this the show's going to air tomorrow, Friday. So we're recording it right now on Thursday on uh, May twentieth. But who who's your winner for tonight against Wizards Pacers?
1: Well, uh, I'm looking at the score right now, so you know I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick a winner, but Washington is up, so and they're pretty good. Uh, I, I would have said I don't see Russ and, and Bill losing like that again. Uh, and I don't think anybody on the Pacers can really contend with those two. Um I think Boston has good guards, which is why they match up well with Boston. Uh, in terms of explosiveness and being able to match what those two do. So um tomorrow night I like the Warriors though. I like the Warriors for sure. Um I think the Warriors are gonna give Utah a tough run for their money too. I think they could win two, maybe three games in that series.
0: Yeah, great predictions. I'm actually thinking that the Pacers are going to end up pulling this game off, even without cursors. Down 14 and a yeah, half. Yeah, they're down 14 and a half, guys. So I'm I'm the underdog in this situation for sure. Uh, hey, but I have? guess we can kind of break it down what we're looking at right now. Look at what I, we had. To, it's kind of playing into fruition from the show. We go into the show. We start the show. The game hasn't started. They got Hachimura playing 17 minutes already. He's already got 12 points. He's got five boards. He's shooting efficiently. Westbrook is shooting a little bit more efficiently. Um, Brad Beal is still struggling from the field, potentially from an injury perspective. Just, but, his hamstrings just hurt. But just alone, that that Hachimura, he's he's got twelve points already in seventeen minutes uh, and five boards. I love that. I, I love seeing him on the court. So I'm glad that uh, you know Scott Brooks. I don't know if he ate better dinner the last night, you know, or tonight, I guess, before the show, if you will, uh, but or before the game rather. But who knows? Uh, he probably comes to after to get that steak dinner. <laughs> exactly he might have had a little bit too much wine before the last game um for for friday's game uh Wiz- or warriors and memphis i definitely have the warriors winning that one for sure just a lot more veteran team i think it's a bad matchup uh for memphis but i wouldn't be surprised if memphis did pull it off uh, if they can somehow dictate the the pace of the game much like how they did against the spurs That's what's really gonna what it's going to come down to, Um, but I won't be surprised either to see Steph Curry show out and be MVP esque Steph Curry and uh, win. Real
1: quick on that, bro. I predict. I I told you he was my MVP, and that was way back. I don't even know February. Yeah, absolutely. He got selected to the top three. So real talk, man. He he is the best player, uh, most most valuable player, I should say, for his team this season.
0: I think there's a, a a big man out of Serbia that's yeah but let me ask you the this table.
1: If, if Jokic doesn't play
0: the Nuggets still competing for the AC right not even close are you sure I'm absolutely hundred percent positive the reason why I say that is because I mean Steph Curry's not playing the, the Warriors would win ten games. Here's the reason why I say this <laughs>
1: literally ten games.
0: Steph Curry is such a remarkable remarkable player in his own right. Now let me you know let me preface this Steph Curry, the reason why I think Steph Curry is one of the best, if I would say, probably a potentially a top five player ever in history, is because he's dictated a pace of game much like, or much rather than anyone has ever done before. Uh, His way of pushing a momentum and having an effect on a game and, you know, game plans and feelings on the court and everything like that, too, that comes into it is astronomical. There's not a, a measurable statistic for it when it comes to i mean you could talk about pace of play when it comes to entire offense but him as an individual player he's pushed the pace of a game so unbelievably but the thing about steph is is that he is a liability on one of the sides of the ball Uh, he is also not the best playmaker obviously he's stepped it up as his career has gone on he's become a better playmaker especially without clay thompson this year it's definitely been a little bit more um Noticed, if you will, from when it comes to a playmaking aspect. But you look at who's really been able to facilitate those points for Steph. If they didn't have Draymond Green, Steph Curry, I don't care how individually good he is. He is not a good enough playmaker to be able to get his points the way he has this season if Draymond Green is not there. You take Nikola Jokic outside of the Denver Nuggets, there's nobody that's facilitating a basketball for the rest of the team. He affects the game on both sides of the ball, too, because he's a very underrated defender. I know he's been picked on the last couple of years, but as he's slimmed up and he's gotten a lot quicker, his steals numbers he's are crafty. immaculate. What's that? He's crafty. He's very crafty. And, and the fact that – You know what, man, this, this, this point you've made has just
1: – you're absolutely right because Draymond has to be there doing what he does for Seth to get off. Jokic
0: is creating everything himself. Exactly, so. he's and, the MVP, bro. <laughs> I, lo- I love, yes, I love MVP. I love it. I will say, let me don't let's not get it twisted now. Though I think Steph Curry is individually the most talented and player in the league, if you will, instead of the best player, uh, the most valuable player in the league, though, has to be Jokic. And I honestly, I don't really care what people are saying. If you go look at the numbers of it, it's not very yeah. close. It's not close at all. Granted, we haven't had a lot of uh, time without Jokic on the court because he's been so consistent. But that is another, you know, feather to his cap for the MVP race is the fact that he's always consistent and he's always healthy. He's there, plays every single game. He hasn't missed any games. um, And he consistently plays the way he does night in and night out. Not to say Steph doesn't, but Steph definitely has his games where he's, you know, under 20 points and he's shooting very efficiently. And then what happens to the games that he does that? They lose. Um, and usually by a good margin too as well because he doesn't affect both sides of the ball very well it's only one side of it granted that yeah. one side is very powerful it's very noticeable um, but like i mentioned it's definitely got to be nicole jokic for for that one and then really quick while we're on this so we we have a uh, live results of the finalists before we get into the playoff matchups i want to get your your thoughts so obviously you have jokic for mvp i think that's going to be an obvious one i know a lot of the casuals will say curry and you'll see curry under a lot of these comments
1: i would say indeed would be the casuals because they <laughs> have the best record of all three teams but curry i mean curry you know what you said is correct Jokic does the most but curry is carrying a team with the next best player who could score 10 points per game uh the nuggets have guys who could score at all at will uh, all across the lineup so but i understand what you're saying and your point was was actually perfect and hit hit the nail on the head uh, but Joel Embiid is by far the third third best candidate. Uh, the games he's missed, Philly still has a really good record. Steph doesn't play; the, the Warriors would lose by fifty every time.
0: Yeah, no, I not honestly, I know. That it's easy to say we we can get into a whole debate about that aspect of it, but I, I would argue to say even when it comes to the Nuggets individually though they don't really have a lot of great offensive weapons outside of Michael Porter Jr. Uh, they have some guys that I are mean, they just added
1: Aaron Aaron Gordon,
0: but look at his numbers from this year. One, he's not a play he's not it's a, not a playmaker,
1: and he just got traded to a team he's trying to find a fit, right?
0: Yeah, but he he's not going out and creating his own shots. He's not he's somebody that's going, going team, to get. Bro you know 20 points on a consistent basis like MPJ is potentially but a lot of these guys and this goes to the case of Jokic their numbers are going up from scoring based upon Jokic's uh, ability to be able to create offense for them you know these guys are cutting getting to the basket obviously but individually they don't really have a lot of great uh one-on-one iso scores unfortunately but uh when it comes to we had talked about like i that mentioned yeah exactly um we had talked about MVP. So moving on to the the defensive player of the year finalists, we have Rudy Gobert, uh you have Ben Simmons and Draymond Green. I think Bam Adebayo was definitely heavily less left off this list. Um Rudy Gobert's numbers are a little inflated to me because of his size. Personally, I just I don't know how you could put a defensive player of the year candidate out there when he can only guard one part of the basketball or one area if you will uh you put him at the top of the key against a point guard They're, they cook him all day long so that right there is a little bit skewed i know he's obviously is a former defensive player of the year but who's your who's your winner for uh the defensive player of the year award and mind you the reason why i brought up the rudy gobert is i think bam should have been in there over rudy um but obviously I, I know the i'm a minority in that aspect but who do you have winning the defensive player of the year um you know
1: that's actually tough man i, I... I can't really say. I would say probably uh, probably Draymond. Um, he's he's the he's the quarterback of that defense. He has to do the most. Ben Simmons probably is um, the most versatile, I guess, just because he can guard the point guards, but he could also guard a big guy, and he's athletic enough uh, and explosive enough to to be not necessarily physical because he's not big enough, you know. But he can he can still affect shots and won't get just completely back down and dominated. Um, but I think Draymond, just what he's what, he, what he's done, him and Steph this year carrying that team. Um, you know, a lot of young guys, a lot of nobodies. Really, it's not not nearly the same team it was a couple years back. So um, Draymond has to to switch on guards, guard big guys, um, and then just what he does when he gets the ball and how he gets up the floor. I'm going to kind of factor that in as well. He's just he just does a lot. So I like Draymond.
0: You're going to catch some flag D Ray, I'm telling you, because Ben Simmons is 6'11, 240. So he's plenty big enough. But I get what, is small, I,
1: bro. I get
0: what you're coming from, though.
1: <laughs> I was 240 in high school playing football. <laughs> so I think not he's skinny. And he's, and he's you know, and my point is, is LeBron James is guarded, getting guarded by him. He's going to back his ass down easily. Yeah. My point, though, is he's long enough and explosive enough to be able to still contest those shots. And rebound when he has to, and he's the most versatile of the of the three. But I like Draymond, man, and his toughness. And, you know, I kind of like the little attitude.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Ben's actually going to win it. That's who, if I had a bet, that's who I'm betting on. But I I believe Draymond deserves it. And I, I don't really think that, again. This is very close either. You, you talked about him being the quarterback of the defense. It's one thing to be individually a good defender against who you're guarding, but to also. Um, t- quarterback of the defense and you know get into your schemes and get into your zones or man or switching whatever it is the communication aspect is where draymond is just raining high yeah he's he's uh leaps and bounds above a lot of these guys especially uh for the you know defensive player of the year candidates that we have in front of us yep uh, now we have lastly the most improved player of the year. Oh, this one is fun. Um, I know that there's obviously a clear winner here out of the three. I- I'd love to hear your thoughts on I this. I didn't see these. Who are they? So it's Jeremy Grant. Okay. It's Julius Randle. Oh, that's it right there. And it's Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> Julius, Rand- first of all,
1: Jeremy Grant was on your team last year. Uh, he's a good player. And I thought he, you know, the Nuggets kicked themselves and let him go. But then they got Aaron Gordon, kind of made up for that. But. Uh, Julius Randle, man, he took that next step. He, he's he's a he's a star for the New York Knicks. Will there be a superstar? I don't know. But the way they play, he's a superstar right now. He's not a superstar. He's a star. So I, you know what? I don't like Nick Wright. I call him Nick Wrong. I disagree with him a lot. But he broke down, and I, you know, he was hating on Tatum, which I don't. I don't get that. He named like he said. There's I can name five players that are like X. You know, in Madden terms, X factors, right? Like you know, that's LeBron, KD, those kind of guys. And then he named off the next level of guys who are superstars, and then they're stars, and then there's really good players. Because he's like, the top 22 players, you can't have 22 superstars, right? They, they're all not on the same level, which and that makes total sense to me. Um, so from that standpoint, I would say Julius Randle is now a top 25 player. Um, we could sit down and rank him one day. But kind of the way his reasoning for that, that made a lot of sense. And then there's, you know, the, the top 15 guys, I would say, are superstars. Uh, the top five being the elite of the elite, that makes sense. Before
0: we go into in-depth, let me just throw a little hot take question at you. If if there's a top 15 and Paul George is in that top 15, or it it, would it be, I should say, if if you had to choose between the two of them, be in this top 15, is it Paul George or is it Julius Randle? I'm going to give it to Paul George. Really?
1: Yeah, I mean, Julius Randle's done this for one season.
0: Paul George has been— Okay, well, as of right now.
1: Yeah, but Paul George is having a great year, his best year as a pro. He He is, and with his best year
0: as a pro, Julius Randle is fourth, I I want to say, in the MVP race.
1: I get it, but here's the difference. When you're leading a team and you're the main guy and you're all that, it's easier to get in the zone Randle's in, right? But Paul George is basically taking a backseat to Kawhi. Uh, Now that they got Rondo, he's not bringing the ball up like he was. He's basically being asked to pick his spots when he gets his opportunity. Two-way player. And he's, a, and he's one of the best two-way players. But I'm just saying in terms of shooting, right? Like, he's getting the ball, you know, the clock's broken down, and the quiet, boom, kicks it out or something along those lines. He's not always getting the opportunity to just create. Julius Randle's the main guy, and they're giving him the green light every time. I watched him the other night. He came up the court and hit three straight threes on pull-ups. And I'm like, damn, this guy, I mean, he's gotten better. But uh, in terms of total game, I mean, I would probably say um, Paul George is a top 15 guy, and I would say without actually looking at it, I would say Randall at worst is a top 20 guy. So he's right in that same kind of tier, but I I would give my love to Paul George, uh, right now.
0: Yeah. I think more so I'll respectfully disagree only because I believe your opinion is more predicated on Paul George's consistency and knowing who he is already. Um, Julius, like
1: like the shit he took last year for the playoff performance, you know, and kind of how it's been unfolded. I think he's responded very, very well. Um, you know, he didn't have a great playoffs, especially when they blew that 3-1 lead to, you, to the Nuggets. You guys, you know, he choked in a lot of those games. So just from that mentally, that mental standpoint of just like he came in with one focus that was not letting down and not being the reason, you know, if it doesn't work out, not being the reason why for his team. And he's I mean, he's shooting 90% from the free throw line, over 50% from three. Uh, it's unreal, man. He just has had a great year, uh, which is why I say that.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's easy to be efficient when the team around you is as great as it is. Um, with that being said, I have one statement to to tell you why Julius Randle is a top 15 player and, and better than Paul George is. Uh, the New York Knicks are a fourth seed <laughs> that that alone after coming from where they they have come from is just uh, it's um, amazing well, to see. It's the bro. Look at look at like real quick. Look at teams four
1: through nine. Look at their records.
0: They're 500 ball clubs. I get it, but look at the history of where the Knicks have been before and where they even were last year with him on the team. It's it's leaps yeah, and bounds. they got a
1: couple pieces on it, and they got a brand-new coach. A new coach will change your mindset. Tom Thibodeau's got them playing right. So,
0: and Chris you know. Brickley, he's a trainer for uh, a lot of NBA players, but he's specifically put in a lot of work with Julius Randle and his shot creation ability. Uh, those are the two things. Th- these two things are what stand out the most for Randle for me has been shot creation ability, but also his playmaking ability has been uh, – phenomenal this year
1: a whole new level bro He's he's been playing amazing he's definitely the most improved player so yeah. i mean that was an easy one that was an easy one for sure yeah he's he, you know he's like he's made the knicks relevant and then i'll say this i think i think with him playing so well uh new york's gonna be you know potentially a destination for somebody else to come play there they got some good
0: young players you know damian lillard he ain't leaving, I'm, bro. I'm calling it. I'm telling you right now. If there's any oh, if anything, he he's coming to the Dubs. If there's any way that Damian Lillard is not a Portland Trailblazer, I'm telling you right now, the only team that he is going to go to will be the New York Knicks. I'm calling it right now. It's it's a perfect situation for him, a perfect fit for him too as well. I don't think the Blazers are going to you know get another good player, but we're we're going down farther the rabbit hole right now. Uh, we'll. we'll yeah online anymore (laughs) we'll leave that for another discussion we still got to get into these these matchups talking basketball can get fun ladies and gentlemen it can get intense um so we we talked about the the play-in matchups already for uh the western conference or well for the eastern and western conference now we have um the west versus east when it comes to the standings and playoff bracket as it sits right now uh starting off with the west we have the mavericks versus the Clippers. This is an easy one, I, I believe, for the both of us. I think it's going to go four-one, uh, Clippers. I think Mavericks can pull out a game. They could potentially pull out two as well. I don't know what the status is on uh, Porzingis, but um, w- whether if he's in or out, I don't think that this one's very close. The Clippers are just the bl- levels above the Mavericks from a team perspective.
1: Yeah, I agree one hundred percent, man. And I gotta, I gotta say, I've, I've been uh, a heavy uh, criticizer of of this man, but Boogie Cousins since he came to the to the Clips, he's been looking good um playing smart basketball right basketball um not not pouting and crying which is what he's historically known for which always i don't give a, i don't give a shit how talented somebody is man when they act like he used to act you know it makes the game about them the crying the complaining um so anyway he, he looks a lot better they just got sergio Baca back um i really like how they fit together and then you know as i mentioned to your pre-show ray john rondo um you know adding him that uh, that was key because now Paul George and these guys don't have to worry about bringing the ball up. They can let Rondo find them because Rondo's going to find you. Uh, and then when Rondo, playoff Rondo shows up, it's a whole other level. So uh just asked the Lakers that um, about last year. So I like the Clippers. Uh, I would say in six.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Given the Mavericks, too, it's, it's fair for sure. Um, I, I just for me, it's I don't know. I have a hard time looking at that and seeing the Mavericks win more than one game, to be quite honest with you.
1: Well, I just feel like the Clippers are, you know, and this is where it comes into last year. They, they did it at the end of the year. Like how many games is they, they, they should, they could have easily been the number one seed with how many games. They've, they blow low leads in. I mean, seriously, they're blowing leads all the time. And so I feel like there's going to be one or two games where they let up and the Mavericks are going to just be hanging around. The Luka's going to be hitting these shots. You know, I feel like I've seen it before. Um, and so that, that's why I would say six. I, I I think it could definitely go in five. But for some reason, the Clippers like to let some of these teams back in it.
0: I And I think that's really a great point that you bring up, because I, I think it's funny when you take the personalities of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Granted, we're outside looking in, but they don't seem to be very big vocal leaders on the teams that they've been on. Um, so it's good to have <laughs> yeah. a guy like Rondo in their locker room and obviously on the court, too, as well, because I think he can be more of a voice and. A he is that
1: voice, man. He's he's perfect for him, really.
0: Yeah. And but I just think of it more so on the Paul George and Kawhi aspect. I'm surprised that neither one of these guys has you know, at least from what we're allowed to see from the outside looking in, have taken over the clear leadership role. Obviously, Kawhi is better than Paul George. That's not what I'm saying. But um the clear leadership role of this team and who whose team this is. Uh again, I know talent wise, obviously it's Kawhi Leonard, quote unquote's team, but you know, the ownership of the team, you you get the point of what I'm, what I'm saying is uh, I'm just surprised that Kawhi Leonard or Paul George hasn't been able to step up in that aspect in their career, but there's just not, you know, who those guys are apparently. Um, Not everybody, not everybody's an alpha dog like that. Right. Well, I mean, that's why I'm surprised too, because you look at what Kawhi Leonard does on the court, court wise, he's an alpha dog. You, you know, he goes out and makes the plays on both sides of the ball. So I'm surprised that somewhat of his personality or maybe his vocal leadership hasn't, started to match that after uh, playing with such great teams that he's been on but uh, the next matchup that we have is the Blazers versus the Nuggets this is a this has become a a classic if you will over the last three to four years they just seem to always be matched up in the first or second round always Um, it's always a great series too as well even without Jamal Murray I I think unfortunately for whatever reason I I find myself doing this every year as the Nuggets dominate so much in the regular season but they let series in the playoffs get way too close for me and I know it's a lot has been because of they're a younger team. So I I think this is going to be another close one. I think the Nuggets actually win in seven. I like to see it see them get out quicker, have some more time to rest. But with Jamal Murray being out, I, I'm not going to be surprised if the Blazers really give him a hard time or even potentially win this series in a seven-game series. I know it kind of sounds crazy because of how high the Nuggets are in the seating and how great they have played. But you have one or two bad games from mpj and this series is going to take a whole different turn so it's it's just a lot of pressure to put on uh such a young guy like mpj obviously he's done it all season in the regular season put a lot of pressure on but the playoffs are a different animal when you have more time to uh sit down and study the tape on a player and really game plan against one individual guy i think that's really their only their only worry not to say Jokic isn't but I'm, I think the Blazers would be okay with Jokic being the main scorer and going out and getting 30, 40 points. I think it bodes worse for our team if he has to go out and do that um, and they shut down Michael Porter Jr. because I'm just not a, a big believer in the rest of our bench from a scoring component to be able to keep up.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to give you my first hot take. I think the Blazers win in six, man uh no jamal murray
0: and i don't want to hurt your feelings i know you probably like man fuck dan
1: but uh you know no No, it doesn't hurt my
0: feelings honestly in in any conversation i've had plenty of people who i've discussed this with about um you know beforehand i'm i'll be very vocal and honest with letting everyone know i would not be surprised if if the blazers pull it off i really wouldn't it obviously is not something that you want to see but then again okay we move on past them and then we have to play who you know, if it's the jazz or if it's the the Clippers or if it's going to be the Suns or the Lakers, it's like without Jamal Murray, I don't see us beating any of those four teams in a seven game series. So I don't really think it matters. I I know it's kind of a Debbie Downer perspective from a fan uh, of the, the nuggets, but you have a guy and how amazing Jamal Murray played last year in the playoffs in the bubble. You take those games, (laughs) you take those games away in the playoffs, then what happens? So without him it's definitely, um, Definitely going to be very lopsided, I think, if the Nuggets do move on.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, no Jamal Murray makes it. T- I think they had Jamal Murray, they they would probably win in six, just because they got the size and then that guard play. But right now, Dame Lillard, um, you know, and CJ are going to be way too much for anybody that the players got in the front court there. So, well, they play uh, different like- in the
0: playoffs too. When they when it's crunch time, those two guys play very well together. Um, they make. Man, big Dame shots. is just one of my favorite players.
1: Just hands. Yeah, down. how can
0: he not like the guy?
1: So uh, I just I just think right now there's nobody that can match up with him. You know they got they got Melo off the bench, they got Cantor. they got some some solid big men. It ain't like they got some some bad big men. Uh, it's just so then when you have Dame, who in my opinion is hands down the best player in the series, uh, Jokic is number two. Uh, but to me, Dame is just next level. Uh, you know, elite talent, and then that's just big time gamer. So I like the
0: Blazers in six. Yeah, Dame is a big-time uh, shot creator, shot maker, uh, shows up big-time in the biggest game. So, yeah, absolutely, when it's Dame time, it's, it's you know, get him out of here. Uh, the the last series, or excuse me, no, second to last, we have the Lakers versus the Suns. The Lakers have solidified their spot. This is a really interesting matchup for me. I think this is going to be the most competitive out of the four matchups we'll have in the West, regardless of who the Jazz face, if it's the Warriors or the Grizzlies. Uh, I think the Lakers and Suns is going to be the most interesting um weird i don't want to say weird but very interesting matchups as the suns are very um you know guard heavy as far as the the most of the majority of their talent and the lakers are big heavy so the matchups are going to be very very interesting for this one
1: yeah you know i actually like the suns having a chance to win this with lebron being hurt i expect the lakers to win uh, but lebron i mean even last night he hit that amazing three Um, but just a lot of his stuff he's got no lift um you know, guys are blocking the shots. It's just, it's just got no lift. So unless it's not a wide open lane, it's hard for LeBron to create right now. Um, sorry about that. It's harder for LeBron to create right now. Uh, and the one thing that, as like we mentioned, if if uh, Drummond's out, then they're going to put DeAndre Ayton on AD. And he's hes, he's not going to stop him. I'm not trying to say that. But he's good enough to get in front of him, make it difficult. And just the way AD's playing right now, he's super inconsistent. It doesn't look like it's there for him. Um, and one thing about the Lakers is their guards are not great. They got scrappy role-playing guards, but you got CP3, one of the greatest point guards ever. You got Devin Booker. Oh, Who's going to guard Devin Booker? You know, don't I can't tell wait. Me, we uh... finally
0: get to see Devin Booker in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> I know. And so then they got you know, guys like Jay Crowder, who he's not going to shut LeBron down, but the way LeBron's hobbled, I mean, he's strong enough to, to be with him. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup. I expect the Lakers to win, but I could definitely see the Suns pulling pulling out in seven.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be pace of game for me. I think it's going to be a seven-game series as well, but whoever is going to win the series is going to be based upon pace of game. If, if Yeah, if let some. me
1: ask you this. You're exactly off of that pace of game. I mean, who's guarding uh, TP3?
0: I was thinking that Caruso's probably gonna Caruso probably going to Caruso? Yeah, I, I think it's going <laughs> he, to be He will, but,
1: I mean, you know, that's a mismatch, man.
0: Well, I think even bigger mismatch than that is whoever's going to guard Devin Booker, believe it or not. I, I, if you let Devin Booker get hot in a game, man, I just – I don't know who they're going to switch.
1: over KCP's not guarding him. So that's what I'm saying. I could, I mean, cp three, man, let's not get it twisted. He, he hasn't had the playoff success nearly anywhere close to LeBron. I mean, not even, you know, on level one of what LeBron's done, but he knows how to win games. Um, and with LeBron being hurt, I mean, he had the stat line last night, but it took a, it took a 35 foot three for him to get over 20 points. Right. Right. Um, against the warriors who have nobody that can guard him. There is not one guy on the team that is, Draymond can't athletically stand with LeBron or really down on the block. LeBron's bullied him the entire time they've ever guarded each other. So uh, it just goes to show you that LeBron really is hurting. Uh, now, he's an all-time great, and he's going to be able to put put some of that, that, uh, that all-time great magic into it. But the Suns, man, I, I just like
0: the matchup. We got to remember, LeBron was uh, "quote unquote" blinded yesterday. So, <laughs>
1: oh my God, see that's the thing, right? Let's just let's just call this out right now. Oh man, Michael it's Jordan just... to me wasn't the most talented player ever. One of the most gifted athletes for sure, but he worked hard. Always worked hard. Never never took things for granted. You know, always said he praised the other players. Never LeBron has always needed a pat on the back.
0: Always needed stuff like that
1: uh and you i could see it after the game he shook curry's hand and he said he you see he said i couldn't see
0: yeah i know that killed me
1: and curry getting looked at him and kind of gave him like the man whatever and like but blew his hand like come on man like i just feel like lebron is just overly dramatic and always needs the attention and that's what bugs me and then on the play with draymond it's like bro he might have nicked your
0: eye and i get that
1: hurts but he acted
0: like he he was on the
1: ground. You know, and broke his leg and couldn't move.
0: No, he looked like he got knocked out in the UFC fight. When I watch UFC fights, you see a guy get knocked out and then they wake up and they don't know where the hell they are. That's how his like, face was.
1: And that's exactly like that. And when people say, oh, LeBron will dominate football, I'm like, yeah, I can't watch him Man. flop on the basketball court like that. And then picture him not getting hit by somebody named Nick Bosa. Like, you know, like it's, doesn't add up to me, bro. And so that's the only thing I got with LeBron. I just can't stand. Uh, Deshaun
0: Watson took a cleat to the eye and was bleeding. Still through for a touchdown. And won the game. I think it was fourth down. I remember that against the Raiders. Like, uh, yeah. So anyway. We could create um, a whole show on LeBron's <laughs> buffoonery and his acting skills. It's just... Yeah, that's one thing that's always stuck out to me with LeBron. As much as I yes, I've been, uh, you know, on paper saying that he's a, the greatest player in my opinion of all time. Regardless of that, he's the biggest. Also, probably that's the silliest hot
1: take you've ever had.
0: Yeah, so that's we're top. we're gonna we're gonna have a show one day to debate it, and I have some some ammo loaded up, but it's gonna be a great one. I, I, Michael Jordan's the the greatest winner of all time. Um, you know, from a championship perspective, as far as the weight.
1: Well, I mean, that's Bill Russell, bro. That's that's yeah. what we
0: start. It's we start hard trying. to put I can't I I, could I wrestle with, with I I wrestle time. with the Bill Russell talk. Uh, because I mean, he's the greatest champion. The, the
1: the you know that that's just a fact because he's won the most. Now whether he did it in an era where there was 18. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, you know, whatever, different but, I mean, game, different game. We but we're, to gonna, what it is. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get into this debate. I I promise you, listeners, we're gonna get into the debate one day because I'm glad yeah. we differ on opinions. But we gotta keep going with the the status quo of what we have in front of us, and that's the, it, baby. that's the Jazz still have a team to have to play against. I will say confidently, we both agree we that play, the, real
1: quick, or quick, quick. Who? Who? What was your uh, serious prediction? I'm gonna say
0: Suns and seven. Oh, I had his, I had Lakers and seven. Lakers and seven. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely gonna be a seven. Game. Well, honestly, definitely, obviously, I don't know for sure. But I, if I was a betting, <laughs> the fix is in, baby. If I, <laughs> yes, yes, I'm putting myself out there. I am the one who does rig the NBA game. So. Um, it's just little guys like us who they, they pay and, you know, they, they don't think anything of us. So we're not going to be the the distractors or disruptors of the series. But <laughs> the, the Jazz still have a team that they have to play. I think we both agree that it's going to be the Warriors. So with that being said, Warriors, Jazz, seven game series, uh, 4-2 for the Jazz for me. Warriors will put a, pull out a couple of, uh, you know, tough games. They might even get three games in there too as well. But um, if I was a betting man, Jazz, 4-2 for me. Jazz four two and, and who do you say they're gonna play? Warriors. <sighs> I'm gonna go seven games. Jazz. Wow, seven, huh? I just think that. Uh, yeah, I mean the Warriors have. have well, I who poses more of a challenge for the Jazz? Let's say this: if Memphis or the Warriors get in, who's the a Warriors. better matchup?
1: Who's Steph Curry. Steph, I mean, who's a better matchup for the Jazz? It's the grit. The, the you know they're gonna pound Memphis. If it's the Warriors, nobody on the team, nobody on the planet can really hang with Steph Curry uh, and Draymond you know they got looney he's got championship pedigree they got enough guys that could kind of isolate what gobert does and if you think about it all they really have is donovan mitchell i mean ingles is cool they got some guys that can make shots but in terms of being next to the six
0: man of the year candidate we didn't even get into that award i almost just totally forgot that we still have six men of the year
1: oh man it's all good um you know but just for me steph curry uh you know he's he's the best player in the series, hands down. So that's why I say I think the Jazz are a better team, but I think Steph Curry has enough to to get this to go to six, maybe seven games.
0: Quick take: Clarkson, Eagles, or Derrick Rose? Who's six man of the year? Because these are the three finalists. I'm gonna go Clarkson. Yeah, Clark- Even my
1: boy Derrick Rose, man. Um, Yeah, he's just been so nice to watch. Guys, he matures and gets just changes who he was because Derrick Rose is one of before his injuries. Man, was one of the most special players ever in the, in the history of the NBA. Um, hands down the best player in the league.
0: Yeah, if it was a fan vote, Derek Rose is for sure getting it. Derek Rose. Right. So but uh I'm gonna
1: say uh I just like Jordan Clarks man. He's got a lot better. Yeah. He could be up for most improved as well.
0: Yeah I'm surprised to see ingles in here to be honest. I didn't think he was a third. I thought he started a small forward. Who's that ingles Yeah. Well yeah he's still a six man though. Six man is just who's the, the best no team. six man is who's who's who but you can't start and be a six-man. Oh, you're saying, oh, you thought Ingles started. I, see. I, I yeah, yeah. No, I, I think Bogdanovich put... started this year over Ingles. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I yeah, forgot yeah. they had him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's another guy who's really underrated for the, the Jazz and who's, I think, going to be the X Art. factor for nice, any bro. series is going to be Bogdanovich.
1: Yeah, I mean, he can shoot it. He can shoot it. Yeah, I mean, Jazz are going to be interesting. I hope they aren't, like, I predicted them to be, like, the 2000, I believe the 2016 Atlanta Hawks who won, I think, 64, 66 games. Yep. Uh, and got swept by the Cavs. <laughs> yeah.
0: Imagine winning having anyway, your all-time best record as a franchise just to get dominated. <laughs> so,
1: just to get just and the Cavs are like the third or fourth seed, you know, they kinda like I think LeBron took a two-week vacation mid year. I need a break. <laughs> you know, like everybody was talking, like and all of a sudden they just get to the playoffs. Man, I don't think they lost a game until they got to the finals. I really don't.
0: That's how that's how it happens. And now that we're kind of already touching on the Eastern Conference, we can move on to the matchups of the East. Uh, first one is going to be the Heat and the Bucks. Another great matchup. I love oh, the Eastern Conference the best matchups. Yeah. The best. yeah. Yeah. I think the Eastern Con- Conference matchups have always been better in the first round as we, the Eastern Conference teams are a lot closer. Um, this is going to be a hard one to gauge for me as obviously we had this seen the Heat, how far they went last year. Um, but the Bucks have taken a big jump forward. They have Drew Holiday on their team too, as well, who's been huge for them. Great pickup. I just. I don't know. I, I don't know I about this heat, one. Heat and seven, bro. Heat and seven? All right. Heat I'll seven. just, for the sake of it, I'll go Bucks and seven because I, I think it could go either way. I, I like where you're at, though, with Heat. I think they have a lot better shooting around them. Um, again, it comes down to pace of play. This is similar to the matchup with the Lakers and Suns. If the Heat can dictate a, their pace of play, they get on the fast break. Their shooters are on fire with Harrow and Duncan Robinson. Those guys are making the shots they need to. You know, Jimmy Butler's is going to do his thing, but. Um, it, it, whoever dictates the pace of play is going to win this game for, or win this series. Excuse me. Yep. I agree. And then we have the Celtics and Nets. Um, I, I think this is a, clean, yeah. it's a clean 4-0 sweep for me, not to knock the Celtics. Um, to be honest, even with Jalen Brown in the mix, I, I would think that this series would still probably go maybe 4-2 at the most.
1: Yeah, I mean, based on the way the series, uh, the season has panned out this year's Celtics. Yeah, I mean, last year's Celtics, I think they would have been able to push them, maybe, maybe six games, um, maybe six, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think at, at best the
0: Celtics might
1: win one if the Nets just don't care. But I think it should be four 0 Nets.
0: Yeah, not much to go on there. I, I think the the Nets are my favorite for, you know, to win the NBA championship. That's not. I, I a hot take by any whoa i know right whoa (laughs) shaking in my boots over here with the excitement (laughs) (laughs) so one thing that that's a big knock on the nba is just when these super teams gather up and it makes the rest of the product of the full season not as enjoyable to watch when there's such a obvious expectation and why maybe to your point the play-in is actually kind of more exciting because of the fact that there's a single game elimination factor to it. it yeah absolutely um Then we have the the 76ers are going to face either. Say it again.
1: It's going to be 76ers and four, bro. Sweep?
0: You said sweep. Whoever they play, yeah. I don't know. I think the Pacers would be a good matchup for them, man.
1: Pacers are down by 20 right now.
0: I know, but.
1: Come on, man. It's over for the Pacers. I don't know. I'm going to check real quick. Big
0: protocols. Freaking (laughs) how to kick Harris. Right
1: now, we're in the third quarter with two minutes left. It's 77 for Indiana, 103 for
0: the Wizards. This one is going to be over. Well, there, there you have it, folks. There is the winner of the uh, Pacers and. In- not
1: gonna lie though, hey, check it out real quick. I, I was kind of not hoping the Celtics lose, but I, I was kind of hoping that, in a way, like, had they lost to the, uh, to the Wizards and the Wizards got the seventh seed, how great would that have been to watch Russell Westbrook and KD in a playoff series? I would love it. I love it oh, because Russ God. is a Russ is a yeah. perfect villain. It would have been a four zero sweep, but it would have been must see TV every game mm-hmm. just because Russ was going to go at him. Um, Bill's good enough to to put up points with the best, but you know the, the Nets are too good. But just that that mentality Russ has, man, he would have been at, at KD the entire time, and that would have been great uh, for just the NBA. But
0: yeah, no, I totally agree. And uh, how many? I'm curious to see. With that being said, how many games do you give the Wizards in this series? And so if it's going to be Wizards. Uh, 76ers sweet, sweet 76ers
1: gonna beat him in four wow that's a bro ben simmons is gonna guard beale and then what's russell gonna do shoot 10 percent from the from the field and then bead's gonna just dominate everybody the sixers got a got a very good squad and they got a way better coach so it, it's not gonna be close at all bro
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see the the one thing i think about with the sixers though is that like you had mentioned with the celtics uh, the celtics had historically dominated them and i think a lot of they it they had- match
1: up though they match up with al horford was guarding Embiid, right? Embiid wasn't imposing as well like he has. This year, Embiid kind of took his game to the next level. Ben Simmons can't shoot. He can't shoot. And so when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can switch off on him, he becomes irrelevant, um, you know, really from the field. And so the Celtics just had a deeper roster the last couple of years with, with better playmakers. But this year, in this particular matchup, um... You know, I just think that they
0: have way too much
1: talent to uh, to really hang with them.
0: Well, I think Daniel uh, Gafford is is talented enough and athletic enough to at least get in Embiid's face. Obviously, Embiid's going to impose his will, but to be quite honest with you, if they can somehow formulate a game plan to you know, let Embiid get what he gets, his 30, 40, whatever he gets, but if you sh- shut down pretty much everything else around them, this is going to be dictated on, obviously, with Beal and Russell being able to score efficiently. If they can score efficiently... I think Beale's going to be a really big problem. If they leave Ben Simmons on him individually, uh, obviously Ben Simmons is a lot bigger than him, but when they get the switch off, the switches and everything like that, um, it, depending upon how they play it when it comes to matchups, but it's really going to be predicated on the guards of the Wizards, with Beal and Russell, um, their efficiency with the ball in their hand and being able to score it. I, I'm giving the Wizards at least two games. I think it's going to be four or two. But, um, I feel like we should bet on that because there's no way I see them winning two games. Yeah, I, I'm I'm game. You hear you hear here live, folks. <laughs> 76ers and Wizards. Am I gonna get like a? Am I am I gonna get a plus two hundred here? Or what's going on? Am, is this What are
1: we? gonna bet like Skip and Shannon do Mountain Dew, or you want <laughs> you want to make a real bet? Like here's my thought because and this is another thing. Philly's defense is just top notch, um, and so when it comes down to it, they're gonna have enough good team de- defensive players that they can contain Bill and Russell. Just can't. I mean, he's not gonna do what he does against them like he does because you know the charlotte hornets on a tuesday night in the nba season when he puts up 20 20 and 20 like that's just not going to happen so um they don't have really anybody else they got good they got some okay players but the sixers got some they got a deep squad um and they got a good coach jock Rivers. so uh, and i'll say this though uh you know i, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself but then their second round matchup i think the second round matchup is going to give them a tough time oh yeah i i really believe that we talked about the man they got playing right now it's, Let's just
0: transition to that real quick. Um,
1: the Hawks and the Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to beat the Hawks. I think the Knicks versus Sixers is going to be a great matchup. What do you think about that?
0: You think the Hawks are going to beat the Knicks?
1: No, no, no. I think the Knicks are going to beat the Hawks. And then the Sixers play the Knicks. Got it. That's going to be
0: a tough matchup. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's, that that's going to be a blockbuster matchup. The
1: second round on the East is going to be great. Because I think those top, the Bucks, the Net, the Bucks are heat. The Nets, um, and then the Sixers and the Knicks, I think, Whoever, whatever the combo is on those games, those are all going to be some good games.
0: Well, you look at the matchups, too, and the styles of play of those teams, and they're, you know, kind of a punchy in the mouth physical team. All of those, all four of those teams are. And that's something that's more of a common theme with the Eastern Conference teams. There's, none of those teams have necessarily great shooters on there. They're not lighting it up. It's not uh, as much of a finesse game as it is out in the West. So I love all those matchups. I think the matchup is better if the Hawks, uh, or if, excuse me, if the Knicks beat the Hawks. In the series, though, I, I actually, I do have the Hawks winning this one. I know, call me crazy. I'm a, I'm, I see it happening. I really, really do. I, I think the Hawks are going to do it to him in a seven-game series. Um, the only problem I, I see with the Knicks is that R.J. Barrett really has to play up to his fullest potential in a seven-game series, and his inconsistencies on the court have really troubled me. I know he's been a lot better of a shooter, especially as of recently. Um, but the, the matchups, when it comes to the, the depth of who the Hawks have, granted they're a much younger team let me preface that they have like f- six players i think that are under 23 years old so i wouldn't be surprised to see the knicks beat them but my hot take is i do have the hawks actually beating the knicks in a seven game series i haven't beaten them out 4 three i'd rather see the knicks go against the sixers and win that series but i do have the hawks winning this one
1: yeah man i like it i mean the hawks uh, they got an exciting team um but i just like the way the knicks play they played they play defense um I don't think there's anybody on the Knicks that can handle Randall right now. I just love the physicality they play with.
0: Uh, well, so, Nate McMillan has really just turned this team around um, ever since they they fired. I think his name was, I think it was Lloyd Lloyd Pierce or Lloyd. Pierce. Yeah, the coach. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Ever since they fired him, it's crazy uh, how you
1: can see a team when they don't respect or, or want to play for a coach, and then they make a move like that mid year, and then you could just see how how much you know, players believing in the coach matters, you know, does that make sense?
0: Oh, of course. And that's why this is a team game. That's why the NBA is not an individual player game. It's as much as individual players can be as great as they are and do the things that they do and put such an effect on the game. NBA is a true team sport and it really starts with the head coach. You have to have great game plans in and, You know, impose your respect and have your, I don't want to say impose, maybe that's an incorrect word, but gain your respect from impose your will, impose your will um, to the other teams, maybe not on your team, because you might, you know, kind of discourage some players like Carl Anthony Towns with uh, Tom Thibodeau. So it was a great example (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but
1: that's such a great example
0: but uh
1: players being so soft this generation yeah
0: it's yeah mentally soft another show we could go on you know a whole different rant we a lot of shows coming <laughs> well we look forward to the next episode guys uh we're going to get a little bit more of a breakdown more in depth of these individual matchups when it comes to you know players and what they might do predictions things of that nature i uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in any last thoughts before uh, we head full into the swing of playoffs mr d ray
1: um, no, I just, uh, I want to see an exciting playoff. I want to see the Clippers and the Lakers play. Um, I don't, I don't care when or why that, that has to happen for me to feel satisfied. Um, and then I want to see the Lakers in the Nets or the Clippers in the Nets in the finals. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, those, those are the three best teams in terms. The Lakers don't have as good of a, a roster per se. I mean, they got a really good roster, but I'm just saying, obviously the Nets have like, you know, next level talent. Uh, the Clippers have a very, very deep roster, though. Uh, the Clippers or the Lakers have great role players, but they have the two best players, uh, in my opinion, with LeBron and AD. Nobody has that combo like them. So that's what makes them um, really a threat still. Uh, we'll just see how it pans out. But those are the three um, best teams, in my opinion, in terms of total team depth and who have a real shot at winning a championship.
0: Yeah, I love it, and I can't wait to get into some more predictions the next time we're on here. Until next time, appreciate you guys for tuning in. R.I.P. to my Celtics. R.I.P. to the Nuggets, too, as well. (laughs) See you next time. Later.